Guys, I have a really simple word this morning, but, but I pray that it's powerful, but not because it's my word, but because it's the word of the Lord. Um, Ezekiel 47, if you want to turn there real quick, I just want to start there. Um, many of you are going to be familiar with this passage. Ezekiel's having this powerful encounter uh, in the Holy Spirit, and the Lord is showing him things. And it says in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 1, it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the house. That house is the temple. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. For the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. Verse 3. When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. Now pause real quick there. When it says that he measured, another way of, of, of looking at that word in Hebrew, it was he stretched out. Okay? And a part of the word this morning is what the Lord is inviting us to. Yes, once again, is to be stretched out. Okay? He's calling us to stretch us out from where we've been because deep is calling out to deep. So when the man went toward uh, the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits and he led me through the water, water reaching to the ankles. Baby pool water. Verse four. Again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not ford for the water had risen enough water to swim in and a river that could not be forded. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, these waters go out towards the eastern region and go down to the Arabah. Then he then they go into the sea, being made to flow into the sea and the waters of the sea to become fresh or healed. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. Everybody say will live. And there will be very many fish for the waters go for where the waters go there and the others become fresh or healed. So everything will live and where the where the river goes. The Lord is wanting to take you and I deeper. Turn to Ephesians chapter one. He is wanting Jesus has been stretched out for us to jump into the river. But then just as it is. Just as Jesus is our Lord and our Savior and He has called us to follow Him, we have to know if Jesus went through it, guess what? We probably will too. And so He is asking us to be stretched out. He is leading us and guiding us by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, let's stop playing in the kiddie pool. And listen, some of you maybe just, just started your journey with Jesus. And you just started in the river. I praise God for that. And there is a time and a season for you to play in the kiddie pool. But if you've been playing in the kiddie pool for a long time and everybody else is starting to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, but you're happy and content 
to be safe, to be coddled, to be taken care of. And all of a sudden, you start seeing people move ahead of you. You start seeing a pull and a calling of Jesus. He's saying, will you stretch yourself out of, take a step of faith a little bit deeper and go one step further? And some of you might be, though, at knee deep. I don't, have a, I don't have a picture for every single level here, but you get the picture. Some of you may have been following Jesus for quite some time, for many years. And, and you said, okay, yeah, I, 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 Jesus, I, I follow you. Like, I'm starting to surrender more of my life to you. I can feel the currents now of the world starting to hit me. My, my feet are a little bit shaky here and there, but, but I, I'm comfortable here. But Lord, you know, once we get up to, you know, the mid-waist, like, that's always the, the whoo point. Things get real then, right? When you get in the water, things get real, yeah. right? And, and the pressures of life start hitting you a little bit more. I, my mom and dad are here, and it's really good to see them. I love you guys. Um, I'm glad you guys could be here this morning. Um, my dad, I remember one time he took me wading just down here in Plainfield. We went wading in, in one of the creeks down there, and, and we were fishing. And I don't know why we did this, but we kept wading out deeper and deeper to where we were fishing with the water coming up to our, our armpits here, right? But like when you get that deep in the river, when you go that deep with the Lord, when you surrender your life more and more to the leading and the calling of the Holy Spirit, you begin to see and sense not only the joy and the goodness of God, but that joy and the goodness confronts every part of your flesh. It confronts every part of the world that is going to be running against you. And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, guess what? Guys, it is. It's hard. It's scary. It is. I'm, I'm, those, are just, those are very real uh, things those are very real emotions that rise up when deep calls out to deep. But the Lord says, like he always does, do you trust me? Will you go? Will you step a little bit further? Because when you're in that water and that current is hitting you and you say, man, if I take one more step deeper, I'm losing it all. That is the invitation, isn't it? For, for Ezekiel, it was the water was so deep, it forded up over my head and I couldn't stand anymore. I can only swim in it. And there is a call for us. There's a call for you. There's a call for me to let the Spirit of God lead us to deeper waters. Now, Ephesians chapter 1. How do we get there? How do we get there? Ephesians. You guys are going to be familiar with this passage as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verses... Uh, 15. Paul is writing to this church here. Whether or not he knew he was writing to the specific church in Ephesus or not, some scholars wrestle back and forth. But for our time this morning, he was writing to the church of Ephesus. So, verse 15. Paul says, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith, of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks. I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe and these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might the first thing i want to point out to you is this i have heard 
And I've seen glimpses right before the Lord sent us off to Ireland. I think you guys have been meeting six months or so, or 2019, I don't remember. I, yeah. And, 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 and so we, we got to come here, and we were here maybe like the first couple of months of, of seeing what God was doing here. And thankfully, we've had the opportunity just to pop in from time to time. And I've had the opportunity to talk with, with Paul and Taylor and others of you. And we've watched as God has been doing a beautiful thing. We have heard of your faith in Jesus. And I, can I tell you, we are in, encouraged by that. We're encouraged by the fellowship and, the, and how you guys are exhibiting the love of Jesus towards one another the sacrifices that you're making, the willingness to show up and pray and to stay late and to pour into other people, to open up your homes, to open up your church, to give sacrificially, to, 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 to raise up the banner of Jesus over one another. It's absolutely gorgeous. But listen, in this text, Paul was writing to a church that was on the move. You see, this church in Ephesus was already experiencing a move of God. And I've heard of the move of God in this house. And it's beautiful. I've heard of Awakening Indiana. I've heard of what Jesus has been doing. I've heard of the signs and the wonders and the miracles. I've heard of that. But where are we right now? You see, Paul was looking at what God was doing in the church of Ephesus. And he says, I love everything that God's been doing. It's absolutely beautiful. And bring it down to your own life. I love what God has been doing in your life. It's absolutely beautiful. But what was Paul's heart? His heart was saying, but you are just right here, and now you need to go further. I've heard of the goodness, and we're not just going to stay there. I've heard how you've loved other people, but we haven't loved enough. I pray that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation for what? To keep doing what you're doing? No, to grow even more in the knowledge of Jesus. This is the invitation for all of us all the time. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of the good things that God's doing. I've heard of, as, as, as the governance of God is being lifted up in this place. I've heard how you guys are reaching out and helping out the poor and the oppressed. But Paul is saying, but there's more. There's more. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, turn it over. Do you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation leading you and guiding you to the intimacies of Jesus? And a lot of, in, the, in some of the other... Um, in some of the other translations there, that Ephesians passage, actually, I just want to read it real quick. We'll get to Philippians in a second. Um, it says this, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. You see, that's the simplicity of the word, but it doesn't stop. I think one of the great delusions of the enemy is that we arrive to a certain place in our walk with Jesus. That we arrive to a place of intimacy with Jesus. And it's really easy for even the church, the whole church of God, to, to think that we've gotten to a certain place. That we've, uh, now that we've gotten this established, it's good. Now that we've gotten that established, it's good. Now that this ministry is taking place, that's good. Now that we, we, uh, all the rules are thrown, that's good. But see, the subtlety of the spirit of the age would be to just stay right where you are. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Paul said, I need you to have that more. Because what you think you've just started isn't even, even close to where we're going. You see, I don't know this, but maybe this house is only, is only, is only waist deep. I don't know. It may only be waist deep. And, and there's an invitation 
of the Lord. And my prayer for you this morning is that you and I and we together as the body and the bride of Christ, that we would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would grow in more intimacy, more knowledge of this beautiful man, Jesus, that we just got done worshiping. Philippians chapter 3. I love this. This is one of my favorites. Uh, it's such a beautiful. We see the heart of Paul here. I love, I love that we get to see these writings of Paul. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but, but we get to see his heart. And we, we're able to connect these dots when we see his heart for the church. And we know it's not just out of a place of ministry. It's actually a place of encounter with Jesus. Verse 7. This is Paul. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What do you need to leave behind in the kiddie pool? And count them all as rubbish so that I may gain Christ. This is Paul. This is Paul. Church planner. He's done it. Miracle worker. He's, he's doing it all. He's, he, he's had encounters. Third heavens with Jesus. I got to lay hold of more of Jesus. No matter where you are. And it really, maybe it is a judgment. If it's a judgment or if it's a rebuke, let it be a rebuke. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation from the heart of Jesus himself to say, come deeper with me. Come further with me. Yes, even Paul, count it all as rubbish to gain Christ that I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, listen, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. You see, a part of going deeper is confronting the idea of that, that suffering or that pain is not a part of following Jesus. If Jesus learned obedience through suffering and we are a follower of Jesus, guess what? There will be suffering in our lives. The question is, how do we look at it? Is it a woe is me? Is it a spiritual attack? Is a, it, there take, it takes some discernment in those areas. But listen, when you follow Jesus and when you say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, would you lead me and guide me? Holy Spirit, take me into all truth. I want to remind you how the spirit of wisdom led Jesus. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus into a wilderness. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus away from crowds sometimes. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to be with sinners, not just with saints. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to be alone by himself with his father. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to not say a word when accusations were made about him. That hurts. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to pick 12 people and pour his life into them. 
kind of sounds exclusive, but it wasn't. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to let a child die in order to be present with someone in front of him. Does that sound like wisdom to you? The spirit of wisdom led Jesus, let, or excuse me, the spirit of wisdom led Jesus to let his friend die first before bringing him back. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to heal one man in one town, demolish a pig farm, a whole economic system, and then leave. Healed one man, destroyed an economy of another man's, and left. Does that sound like wisdom? The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to make more wine at the end of the party. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to not show and tell signs and wonders to appease the crowd or to prove his identity. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to make it very difficult for some people to enter the kingdom of heaven, though through himself he is the gate. <clears throat> the spirit of wisdom led Jesus to honor corrupt politicians. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to pick the B team with no resume to pour his heart into and tra train to be world changers. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to honor those who were different. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to focus on internal, not the external. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to only do what he heard the Father saying. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to only say what he heard the Father saying. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus not to answer most people's questions. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to set the spirit of wisdom let the spirit of wisdom led Jesus to let one of his disciples sink. Anybody ever feel like they're sinking? Could be the wisdom of God. Sorry, these little lists here I get lost every time. <laughs> the spirit of wisdom led Jesus to serve love, and to eat with his betrayer. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to not worry about his needs. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus into torture. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to be crucified. The spirit of wisdom let Jesus be dead, the savior of the world, for three days. The spirit of wisdom resurrected Jesus. The spirit of wisdom veiled Jesus to his own disciples. The spirit of wisdom led Jesus to leave his disciples and movements behind in the natural sense. But then the spirit of wisdom was poured out on you and me so that we would grow in intimacy with Jesus and in growing in intimacy with Jesus that we would embark on the same kind of life as Jesus. You see, as we go deeper, as the Lord invites you to go, I want you to put into perspective this morning where your circumstances and situations. Some of your circumstances and situations that you're in is because you've done some stupid stuff. That's just the truth of it. But some of the circumstances that you might be in is because you are passionate about following the heart of Jesus and he is actually leading in you into very hard, difficult places so that you will be formed into the likeness of Jesus. And guess what? Most people that experience freedom through you, it's usually through your death. 
You see, we need a whole new construct on a theology of suffering within the body of Christ. And my and Pops just affirmed that when he came over. And I was surprised to see him. I had no idea he was here. It was so beautiful. But again, a testimony. He was just leaning over and he was telling me, he goes, Aaron, he goes, I've seen parts of Jesus. I'm paraphrasing. I've seen parts of Jesus that I haven't seen because of what I've been going through. Hallelujah. Can we frame that actually the wisdom of the Lord is different than the wisdom of the world? And if we do trust him and he has set us free, he has, uh, how many of you can testify of God's freedom this morning? Raise your hand. Come on. Now, now, he wants more in you, and he wants more in other people. So what's he going to do? He's going to take us deeper. And guess what, guys? Listen, I'm not trying to put a, put a blanket or, a, you know, like, this is just the reality. I've been walking with Jesus since I was nine years old, right? And, and I've had my ups and downs. I remember when I, when I was first baptized, and I took communion for the very first time in my life. The presence of God just washed over me in the most beautiful way as I was a nine-year-old. And then it was a journey. Uh, ups and downs along the way. But listen, as I've been following Jesus, I didn't have a construct for the wisdom of Jesus. I didn't have a construct for growing in intimacy with Jesus. And so I assumed that my intimacy with Jesus meant, hey, every circumstance in my life is about to get better. Butterflies, rainbows, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Pops was giving the, 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 the thumbs down. When Jesus was baptized, immediately the spirit of wisdom led him out into a wilderness. And from that day on, he died more and more every day so that other people would have life. What an honor. I would like to say I understand this, but, but Lord knows he's taken me deeper. I don't know about you. I want to be able to say I'm going to relish in the fellowship of his sufferings. Some of the invitations from the Lord that he's asking of you. Some of the big decisions that he's requiring of you. Some of the things that he's asking of your family. Some of the things that he's asking for you and your spouse. Some of the things that he might even be asking for this house is an invitation to go deeper in him, but to let go of more so that more of his spirit will take us and move us and form us into his likeness. Why? Because Jesus wants it even more than we do. And when we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come, we are praying a prayer of his own heart that says the spirit himself will draw you now to me. Now, will you go through the circumstances and the situations so that you will experience me in the fullness of who I am? You see, we like, again, those beautiful parts. We like the freedom parts. We like that. Hallelujah. We want more. But there's actually more freedom that comes the more we let go, the deeper we go. There's more revelation that comes. There's more encounter that comes. There's more perspective shifts that be, that's able to say of a wise man with, with gray hair that's, that's fighting cancer that says, actually, I've found an intimacy with the Lord right now in my, in my age and in my season of life because he's seen Jesus rightly. And that's his heart for you and me. He wants to be seen rightly. Matthew chapter 7, flip over there. Matthew 7 verse 15. You guys doing okay? Okay, awesome. I don't normally drink water. I need it today. Verse 15, beware of the false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. That's important. Grapes are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Easy enough. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and throw into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Now listen, this is to give you context right there. Verse 21. Jesus is saying, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice righteousness. So we have this picture here, and all of you guys are familiar with John 15, right? Abide in me, Jesus says. Abide in me. Remain in me. And when you remain in me, you will produce much fruit. There's, there, so, so we know that part of, of Jesus' invitation that as we abide in him, as we seek and say, Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come. Fill me and lead me into the fullness of who Jesus is. That one of our, the litmus tests that we have is to be able to say, usually to other people, is my life bearing fruit? Right? Is my life bearing fruit? It's a litmus test to know, is my heart right before the Lord? Okay? But, but, but I want you to look at this passage again. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we, prophes- did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your n- name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, listen, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Again, there's a deception that's so easily it's so, it's so, the devil, he is like a roaring lion. He's like a lion trying to, to devour, trying to, to trip us up. And there's a deception, and it's so, it gets in so easily. And I, I've fallen to it. I confess, I've fallen to it before. But it's that doing the works of God is a litmus test for our intimacy with God. I was reading this not too long ago, and I was, as I was reading this passage, I wrote down, I wrote down this. In this passage, lawlessness could be defined of doing the works of God without knowing God. I've, I've always thought, and we're going to look at it in a second, I've always thought lawlessness was, because uh, like if you, in Matthew 24, and we might turn there in a second, in Luke 13, it's about the end time church. It's about the end time church, about the end time bride. And, and, and it uses this same passage. It's the same thing that Jesus says. There's going to be an increased level of lawlessness in the land. I've always thought, oh, the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket. There's going to be crazy upon crazy upon crazy upon crazy. Morally and everything else going on. And yeah, are we seeing some of that stuff? Sure. But when I look at this passage, and he says, you say to me, Lord, Lord, but we, we did this stuff for you, Lord. Like, like, look at all the amazing things that happened. Like, God, there's a move of you in this house. Like, look at my family, Lord. Like, look at all the things that, have broke, that you've broken off. Look at all the th- ways in which we've helped other people. Look at how we prophesied and see demons cast out. Do all those kinds of things. And then Jesus says, well, that's great, but I never knew you. That's lawlessness. Depart from me. That's lawlessness. Doing the works of God without knowing him. And that it's just a simple invitation to go, where's our hearts before the Lord? 
Are we going deeper with him? Are we actually leaning in? I want you to think about this. Paul in Ephesians said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to grow in the knowledge of him. Guess what? In Revelation chapter 2, what happens? There's a, there's a letter to the church in Ephesus. And what was the one thing that Jesus said that he had against them? You have forgotten your what? The church of Ephesus was experiencing a move of God. They were doing great. I've heard of your faith. I've heard of how you guys are loving each other. What do you need right now? You need more of the Holy Spirit to grow primarily to know Jesus more. And I wonder, did they take heed that word? How many years went by and then the angel of the Lord said to John in that vision, hey, you guys are doing okay, but listen, don't forget your first love. Don't forget intimacy with Jesus. As far as I know, that church in Ephesus doesn't exist anymore. Let it be an invitation. Jesus wants to take us deeper. He wants to take us deeper into his heart. I don't think I have to really solidify this that much more, but turn over to Luke chapter 13. You guys tracking? Come on. Man, he's so jealous for us, guys. He's so good. He's so, so good. Is it Luke 13? Uh, uh, Yes, Luke 13, verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, now listen, this is a little bit different. We ate with you and we drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all of you evildoers or lawless ones. When you look at that phrase, where you are from, it contains within it the Greek word oikios, which means family. What is Jesus saying? You're not a part of my family. I don't know you like I... I." You see, the heart of Jesus is to know you like family. To know your ins and outs. And guess what? He's not afraid of the outs. He he loves the ins, but he's not afraid of your outs because he's the master of turning our outs into ins. (laughs) I get the fear of the Lord on these verses all the time. I thank God for the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's a plumb line. It corrects us. It keeps us in check. I need to be kept in check. Under my own flesh, that's not really good. But in the spirit of God, hallelujah, he leads me into intimacy with Jesus. But did you catch this? This wasn't about doing the works of God. This was actually, did you hear it? We ate with you. We were with you when you were in the streets. Can I suggest to you, Jesus isn't looking for acquaintances. Again, he's looking for intimacy. He's looking for family. Jesus, when you were, we ate with you. Isn't that one of the most intimate things that you could do in that culture? Isn't that one of the most intimate things that you could do? Jesus, we ate, we were with you. We spent time with you. We spent time in your house. We were with you when you were walking. We were following you, Jesus. And he said, I don't know where you're from. 
You see in Acts chapter 1, it's similar in nature. Let's just read it. Let's just read it. You guys are familiar with it. Acts chapter 1, it says, Gathering them together, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you were restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And now, again, we, we, I, I, we, uh, we quote that a lot. We know that a lot. Hallelujah. Jesus gave up his spirit so that he could go back up and get it and release it back down to us and so that we can be his witnesses. But you know the other translation of witness there? It fits really, really great with that Ezekiel 47 passage when there's the man measuring out, stretching out. Witness is martyrs. You see, listen, guys. In our life of following Jesus, we can only grow closer to God by God. We need the Spirit of God in order to grow in intimacy with Jesus, okay? And the way that we grow in intimacy with Jesus, when we know Him, we become more like Him, and therefore we follow Him, and He takes us into these deeper places. What I'm trying to do is just to equip you and to encourage you that God has a higher calling. He has a deeper calling. There is a deep unto deep, and where He is leading you both personally and maybe even within your family and with this house is even deeper. But it's going to cause you, the deeper and the closer Jesus got to the cross, the harder and the harder it got. But the closer he got to the cross, the more freedom was released through the cross. On the other side, resurrection power came busting forth. So as we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come, guess what? A part of that is we need power in order to be the martyrs for Jesus. Because if Jesus was a martyr for us and we were becoming like him, 1 John says that we might walk like him, that we might think like him, that we, we might become like him, then guess what? Look at your life and say, okay, Jesus, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to go to the cross again. I'm willing to give you my yes again. I'm willing to say whatever it costs. I'm willing to say to sweep my feet from up underneath me. Let's go. For the sake and glory of Jesus, first and foremost. And then all this other fun stuff comes. But it's so easy to get focused. Jesus, look at the, look at the prophecy. Look at the miracles. Look at the moves. But Jesus, like, look, we hung out a lot. Like, I, at least I was showing up to church. My wife kept giving me the elbow, so I was showing up. Like, uh, come on, I had to do something. Like, I had a few Holy Ghost moments with you in worship through the years. Like, I, love, I do my devotions. He's like, yeah, but were you my family? Did you know me? He's after hearts. He's after intimacy. This God is not a God that is far off. This is a God that loves to draw near. And can I testify that one of the things that God is doing, someone said it earlier, is that, that right now Jesus, he's always, the Father is always drawing men unto himself, right? But there is a move right now that is happening, unprovoked by most of us, but by the Spirit of God himself, people are being drawn to Jesus left and right. Are you seeing this and witnessing it? I'm, I'm seeing it in Ireland. People are just coming and going, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. I need Jesus. And I pray that over this house. I pray that more of that happens. And we declare that more of that will happen because the Father's the one that draws all men to himself. Why? Because he's jealous for sons and daughters. He's jealous for family. And he's inviting us 
deeper and deeper today. Guys, that's the simplicity and the challenge of my word to you guys today. I love you guys. I've heard of your faith and the way in which you guys love each other so, so well. And I pray that the Father of glory would pour out upon you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would grow in the knowledge of Jesus, so that you would know him, his power, the glory of his inheritance, so that you would know him above and beyond anything else. Let's do this. Taylor, would you mind just... I'm going to invite you guys to stand. Just a simple, just a simple response this morning. Thanks, man. Just a simple response. Just going to ask you just to, if you want to, if you're willing, just hold your hands out before the Lord. Open-handed. Open-handed. Maybe some of you need to shake your feet a little bit because you're nervous that if you take another step deeper, you're going to lose traction. And the Holy Spirit's like, that's exactly what I want you to do. As a prophetic act, just shake shake your feet. Let the water run underneath your feet. Invite the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation to sweep you off your feet this morning. To take you deeper in love with Jesus. To encounter His glory to encounter his face, to encounter his person. The pressure is off for ministry because ministry flows through the gift and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not through you. So the pressure is off for ministry. The pressure is off for ministry. Jesus cares about your heart. He wants union with you, life union with you. So if your hands are open before the Lord, just say, Lord, restore union. I want restored union with you, Jesus. I want restored union with you. So if you need to let him do that, do that right now. Jesus, restore union with us. Take us deeper. Grab a hold of his hands and say, Jesus, I want to go deeper with you. I want my family to go deeper with you. I want this house to go deeper with you. Let him pull you forward in the river. And he's saying, dear child, dear son, dear daughter, trust me. Trust me. Guess what? I may let you sink. I may let you slip. But guess what? I got you. I'm forming you and fashioning you into my likeness. Because my desire is that you and I would be completely one. My desire would be is that when people look at you, they mistaken you for Jesus. Just like a husband and a wife through union and oneship, the longer they're together, the more and more they become inseparable, the more and more they become one. Jesus is saying, that's my desire for you. I want you to enjoy the fullness of who I am. And I want to enjoy the fullness of who you are.
Jesus, I thank you that this house this house is not like the, the church in Ephesus. God, we, we pray and I pray, God, that this house though it may even be known for having a first love of Jesus. Father, that it would set its gaze to pursue Jesus even more. I thank you, God, for the banner that you have placed over this place. I thank you for the banner. I thank you for the freedom of the blood of Jesus that has flowed so freely here. But Jesus, we ask for more. We ask for more. Lord, we give you our circumstances. We give you the challenges. God, we give you the, the tough areas. God, we give you the sufferings that we're in the midst of. And God, if they are from you, I, I challenge you to thank the Lord right now with a gracious heart. Thank you. Thank him for leading you deeper. Thank him for leading you deeper so that you may have a joy in the fellowship of his sufferings. And can I challenge you if you're not suffering, <laughs> if there's no challenge, if there's no suffering, ask the Lord for more encounter with Him. That fruit may abound. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, we want to be those trees by the river of water that bear fruit in every single season. God, make this house, continually make this house, their roots go deeper, deeper in the river so that the fruit in which they bear will glorify Jesus. For in that fruit is Jesus himself, the healing of the nations. So Jesus, we honor you. We thank you. We adore you. We just declare your worthiness and your grace over us. God, I thank you. Uh, I thank you that the best days are ahead for this house. I thank you that there's a fresh wind, that there is a deep calling out the deep, that there is a there is a there is a depth that is being drawn out of this house right now. God, and I thank you for it. And I thank you, God, that you are faithful to see it completed unto its end. In Jesus' mighty name.